All right, welcome to the very first episode of the Rod Benden Bastards. I am Greg here with Nick, and uh, yeah, we figure we're going to give this uh, podcast game a, a shot here. Um, we both are pretty avid fishermen and figured uh, we would just kind of get into the game a little bit with this and um, give us a chance to hang out, have a couple beers, and talk about fishing. And to say hello to our faithful listeners. <laughs> Hi, Mom and Dad. Nice to see you. I guess I should give a shout-out to uh, what will probably be my wife and my parents as well. So, And if you found us otherwise, uh, how? But thank you. Yeah. Um, so we are going to be uh, uploading this onto Anchor, which will get us onto all the normal streaming platforms uh, for podcasts between Spotify, Apple, uh, Apple Podcasts, or whatever it is. I'm not an Apple person, so whatever. Um, but yeah, we figured we would just, um, hang out and do some talking. Um, first episode, this is going to be just a lot of stuff about Nick and I kind of, you know, where we've came from, from fishing backgrounds, how we've met, um, you know, some, maybe some funny stories thrown in there and everything, uh, with the hope that we're going to have some guests on. Um, I do already have three people lined up. Um, that had said they would be very, uh, very happy to come on and do some talking. So, um, I've got none. Yeah. Nobody likes me, but that's okay. Yeah, Nick is the Nick is the IT brains guy. I guess I and I'm the face. Yeah, uh, that's that's a stretch. But um, yeah, so I uh, have some people, like I said, lined up. Um, we are going to be focusing. Um, obviously on all types of fishing. Um, our two main sources of fishing, however, are kayak fishing. Uh, we are both big time kayak anglers, um, as well as dabbling into, uh, fly fishing. I would say that I have more background with fly fishing, but Nick is a very quick study over the past, what, like 18 months or so that you've probably yeah, been, I guess so. it's been damn near two years now, I think. Cause it was like the first, like we started kayak, we'll get into that, but we started kayak fishing and it was like that first winter when we had to hang our kayaks up that he was like, come out fly fishing. I said, like, I don't want to do that hoity-toity bullshit, but I went and cussed for a while and fell in love with it later after I started catching fish. Yeah, and I think that uh, one of the things that, you know, has kind of grown the, uh, the friendship that Nick and I have is, and I think I can probably speak for him with this is that whenever we both decide we're going to get into something, there's no like holding back and just kind of like dipping your toe in the water. It's full on, you know, cannonball into the deep end and, um, you know, equipment and upgrading and always looking to improve and videos and podcasts and anything that we're able to do to try to help, you know, grow our craft as fishermen, um, or anglers, I guess I should say, is uh, is kind of what we're you know all about with this. Um, what he means to say is max out the credit cards and piss off the significant other. Yeah, that's that's happened. I actually was just told last night that I better not be looking at fishing stuff whenever I uh, popped open an email from Shop Carl's. So that's always fun. Funny, I don't have that problem. Yeah. <laughs> um. So as I said, you know, background with Nick and I. Um, pretty much like the third season we have fished together now. Um, you know, we did the, the creepy meetup of super creepy, uh, talking, you know, back and forth through Facebook and ultra creepy. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, deciding to meet up at a boat launch at like nine o'clock at night in the summer to go out for, uh, what is now pretty much Nick's white well of fish and that is uh, striper or wiper fishing, the uh, hybrid bass that are up in uh, Lake Arthur. So um, he is still yet to catch one. Fuck that fish. <laughs> um, but what I can say is that... I'll catch a damn bass at, at yeah, 1 o'clock in the morning. Just you know? <laughs> going to say. His, uh, <laughs> but, but I cannot catch one of those fish. Uh, but then again, like I haven't put in enough effort... It's more a Friday night going fishing at 10 o'clock and, you know, having drinks on board 
And just hanging out, kind of fishing to me. Yeah, which we actually did some of that this summer as well out at uh, what we pretty much consider to be our home lake as a KPD or Keystone Power Dam. Um, so you should probably tell them that we're from Western Pennsylvania if you didn't already. I don't know if you mentioned Yeah, that. we actually did not say that. Yeah, we are uh, Western PA guys. Uh, I am born and bred here. Nick, however, is a transplant from Texas. Yeah, total so. transplant. I mean, I guess we can get over that now or later. I don't know. Go for it. Yep. Originally from Houston, Texas, did a lot of saltwater wade fishing when I was younger. So it means walking out in the bays, you know, 100 yards till you're about chest deep and casting into what we called guts, which are just little indentations in um, the bay floor to find schooling trout and redfish and things of that nature and flounder from time to time. Um, did a lot of that. Had some buddies who got in the kayak game early. Um, I spent all my money on beer, so I could never afford the kayak, but I'd always have one to borrow. So I'd go out with those guys. Was a pretty damn terrible fisherman um, that whole time, but it was, again, something you do with friends, more fun than anything else. Uh, you know, fast forward years later, because I know you don't want to hear about me the whole time, you know, job moving around uh, for career sakes and wound up in western Pennsylvania and many years was kind of, I don't, I don't know if I was afraid, but I was maybe intimidated to get into bass fishing just because I knew nothing about it. Um, because, shit, for redfish and trout, you can go out there with one small box of lures, and a lot of people still do that, and and nail them. When they're on, they're on. Like you, you, They're not picky. You don't need to worry about so much vegetation or what type of cover of this. You know, there's there's a kind of it's, – it's very vast. It's very large bodies of water. But once you find them, you don't need to worry as much of lure selection and things like that. So that, that's what kind of got me intimidated until I, I simplified it and just kind of decided to give it to go because I had the time and I guess the will to a certain extent to learn and, and do something new. And, uh, you know, here we are starting a podcast to talk about it and no, other did, kinds of fishing too. So one thing I never asked you actually, um, or if I have, I just probably forget. Did you, whenever you got up here and started bass fishing, were you straight into the kayak? Because I know you and uh, your buddy bought the kayaks with the trailer um or were you going like down to the river and you know doing some bank fishing because you know you are like what a five minute drive to the allegheny river basically it was rare just because you know it's just one of those things that you don't catch a whole lot sitting on the bank i mean i guess some people do but i didn't so i would fish from time to time but it was just so different than what i was used to um because you can't really you know wade fish and freshwater and you know it's it's different you know fly fishing is a whole different story but i'm talking bass fishing in particular um just because you're going to sink down and muck and stuff like that so you know the kayak gets you where you need to go you know the places you want to fish and so you know we went out and actually what we did was we were on vacation together in north carolina outer banks we rented some fishing kayaks and they fucking sucked i mean they, they got the point done. Like, we caught a few fish here and there, some speckled some, like, trout. Sun dolphin journey. I don't know like, what they were. Something like that. Ten-footers. But, like, really what it was, they were just uncomfortable. And, you know, I do have a face for radio, but if you saw me in person, I'm kind of a chubby fat ass. And so having, like, a very uncomfortable kayak, my back was, like, killing me an hour and a half, two hours in. So... You know, we had fun, but at the same time, I was like, man, we need to get a, I need to find a better kayak. I want to do it because I had a blast, but I also knew like it was a good, it was a good situation like to try something out that sucks because you know how people are when they get into kayak fishing. I want to spend $400 on a kayak and nothing more because I don't know if I'm going to like it. Well, I'll tell you, and I, I know this has been hammered on other podcasts, podcasts I listen to, like you're not going to like it. Because if you're uncomfortable... $400 is going to get you... I mean, you can find a steal sometimes on Facebook Marketplace or something, which is a very good resource to look. If you are... Yeah, if you are getting into kayak fishing, it is a very good place to initially try to, you know, cut your teeth and find something. But it's... 
you're going to immediately look at upgrading if it's something you enjoy. I mean, I think we spent like about 800 bucks each on ours, and there was uh, Wilderness System rides, like a pair of them, but it was on a trailer, so we got a trailer with it, um, which was nice to have. Obviously, still, I still have the trailer, still use it all the damn time, but and those rides were fine, but they were just like that step up above, you know, some of the, like you said, like the Sun Dolphin. These are, the ones they had had like molded seats, the rented ones we got had those molded seats so they weren't like the stadium seating type things that almost everything has now which are fairly comfortable so it was just you know your leg my legs were up real high so you know your feet would start falling asleep after a while because like your ass is sitting so far down in there you oh and stand up in them and, and your ass was wet the whole time too it's, oh, it was yeah. a wet ride you know yeah. so that's the whole thing like most aren't these days but even even some of the old Hobies still have, like, wet-ass rides. I got a pal. Um, he'll probably never listen to this. Probably make fun <laughs> of me for starting some dumb shit like this. Um, back home in Houston, who has an older um, Hobie uh, Outback. And I sat in it. When we went out um, a year or so ago, and I took my kayak back to the coast. And I rode in his, and man, it, it rides nice, but it's still, you get kind of a wet-ass. And that, you know, that's fine when you're in like subtropical climates but up here when we're trying to fish like maybe this time of year you know yeah, fall the, the and last early time spring we... like you gotta be fairly dry you know you got boots you can put things on but you know you also don't want to have to wear like waders just because you have to wear waders so your yeah. ass doesn't get wet yeah i think like last time we went out to kpd i got there before you um and it was KBD means Keystone Power Dam. It's a local lake. I know yeah. we said it once, but yeah, you know, you're gonna it's you're an gonna, acronym. You're gonna hear you're that quite often. PA. Yeah, you're gonna hear that quite it's, often. It's kind of our go-to lake. It's our it's I, even though we have a lot of lakes an hour from us, it's kind of our favorite one. Uh, may not be the most popular, but uh, we tend to enjoy it. Yeah, like last time we were out there, I'm pretty sure whenever I got on the water, it was like. 39 degrees i mean water temps were like 57 58 so yeah. you cannot be rolling around with wet clothes in that type of water i mean i'm an idiot and eventually i was just going you know crocs with no socks and everything so my feet were getting a little bit wet but it was warming up but uh Moron. yeah i still haven't found you have the boundary boots yeah which i'm very intrigued by best but, purchase best yeah purchase. i I feel like I need to get something with that because we are fishing, you know, I'm pretty sure that one of our trips in the upcoming season for 2023 is definitely going to be a run up to uh, Prescott Isle Bay for smallmouth um, in like Early April. Season. Yeah. yeah. And it's going to sure. be, it's going to be chilly up there. So, um, so that's kind of. Yeah, I mean, I guess, I guess we got off on a tangent, but that's how these things go. Everybody yeah. listens to podcast knows that. But, yeah, I mean, that's how I got into it. That's where I am now. And then, you know, fly fishing got in there, too, because, um, you know, around here you kayak from, yeah, I guess we start normally in April-ish. Yeah, you can get out there. And we end, you know, close to now. You know, if there's a nice day, you can get out. Uh, but then after that, it's it's kind of like trout turn back on. So it's a great scenario where once one species kind of starts turning off, another one starts turning on. Now you have like around May, you kind of have the best of both. Like it's it's a great month around here yeah. to fish as long as you don't get you know an incredible amount of rain that blows everything out on the streams. You can kind of take and pick, but like for the most part. Um, you can you know we can go out and there's there's a fish we can go out and try to catch almost year round unless the uh streams freeze over which may happen two or three weeks out of the year yeah it's for us around here because we both live near like the pittsburgh area so a lot of our streams around here they will get some ice shelves and stuff on them but um the one of the bigger things right now um that I'll say about, and then I'll kind of give a little bit of background for myself here too, is uh, like Nick said, we have fishing that's pretty much year round. I mean, if you want to be out in a shanty ice fishing, you have the capability of doing that. I have buddies that do that. I'm not opposed to it. I just have never went with them. Um, but They don't like them. Yeah. But uh, right now, um, you can definitely get back out in the streams and catch trout. But 
for me currently, uh, the transition at this point is steelhead. Um, we have some amazing tributaries up in Erie that get loads and loads and loads of steelhead coming in from Erie to go up and spawn. Um, Nick has went up there twice. One, I guess that's another one I haven't really. Yeah, just twice. Uh, I'll chime in on the steelhead thing. Um, they look, you know, I had one on the line that I broke off the one time I went last winter. Um, it was, you know, enough for me to want to go out, maybe buy a heavier fly rod. But the first time I ever went steelhead fishing was with one of my ex's families. And I have a lot of exes, but one of, one of the families. Live, some of them live in Texas. That's a, that's a song, you know, isn't it? You would think so, but <laughs> most of them live up here. Um, yeah, I guess I have some exes, but nothing that like I put a ring on and you know <laughs> they threw the ring back at me a few years later. But anyhow, they went to a tributary right off of Erie, which is super popular, um, called Walnut. From the region listening, you know where the hell it is. And it's just, well, you know, I guess some people lovingly call it combat fishing. And I hate it. Like, I don't like, you know, I go fishing to kind of get away from it all. Like, I want to be around some friends here and there. But I also go alone a lot. And it's just kind of cathartic for me because I'm either a hot or cold type person. Like, I'm either going to go out and party down and hang out with everybody or I want to be kind of left alone. And that's just how it is. So the first time I went out there and it's just casting lines over lines, you know, you can see just pools like pods of these huge freaking steelhead um but it's kind of luck of the draw because everybody's throwing the same shit at them all damn day and you just hope one kind of runs into your line and then you have snaggers and shit um i will say last time we went we found those spots and there was some fish there wasn't hot fishing but we were away from people and that's the shit i enjoy yeah the one stop over we did in walnut fucking hated every second of it but all the other spots we tried yeah. Primo. Like, and, I, I'd do that again. And whenever he's talking about combat fishing, it's literally, like, elbow to elbow, and it's miserable. And, you know, whatever, it is what it is. People are getting out and fishing, and that's great and everything, you know. But as Nick said, it definitely is something that is not fun to be around. Um, and typically with us, uh, all my buddies that I go with, we don't spin fish. We we fly fish for steelhead the entire time. Um, we go. Uh, my one buddy throws a center pin set up for them, which he's just trying to figure out and get, uh, you know, getting used to it basically. But um, I can't say to Nick saying about wanting to, like, be by himself it's a fairly common thing for us to go out in the kayaks and we launch from the same launch. We'll BS while we're going through the lake. And then all of a sudden he's 200 yards up the, up the shoreline from where I am. And I'm going the opposite direction of what he is. So, yeah. um, it works though. Like, you know, we both, yeah. we both know the situation. We both know how we both like to fish. So it's no, like, there's no hard feelings. Like, if we want to drink beer and fucking hang out, that's what we're doing right here yeah. with microphones in front of us. We're yeah. drinking beer and hanging out. But when it's time to fish, like, we both want to catch fish. And sometimes we use different techniques at different times. And But the thing is, like, it's still one of us starts getting on them. Yeah, you're not gonna you're not gonna like leave the other dude hanging dry. No, it's you know? it's it's pretty often that if like we're out and all of a sudden you know phone goes off and you look and it's a text and you know there's the other person holding up a good fish and saying come down here I found some and you know beat feet down there which we'll get into beating feet on the water with our kayaks because uh, we don't have to do that anymore. But um, so you know for background for me like i said i'm born and bred western pa i have fished for my entire life i'm 38 years old i have pictures of me with my grandfather whenever i was three years old holding up a stringer of trout um it's been something that i have done my entire life um with that being said however uh bass fishing is something that i never really got into um up until about the past three years um, bass fishing for me back in the day was going with my dad to like strip ponds that were, you know, blocked off by like beaver dams and stuff and throwing jitterbugs, um, in May whenever, you know, they're kind of pre-spawn and spawning and everything and just having some fun with that. I mean, catch some, 
nice fish in there and stuff, but then other than that, if I was catching bass, it would be if we were at the river trying to catch walleye and like jigging minnows for walleye or something and, you know, hook into a bass every once in a while. Um, and just decided, you know, like I said, about three years ago, decided to get into bass fishing and, uh, more so went directly into kayak bass fishing. Um, and fly fishing's been, I'm probably almost like 10 years into fly fishing at this point, I think. Um, Why am I so much better at you? No, oh, you wish. Catch some steelhead, buddy. We'll see how that happens. Um, okay, I'll, I'll go fucking throw an egg sack around. Yeah. There uh, you go. Yeah. That's exactly what you want to eat. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, it's, you know, it. fishing just always something that has been there. I mean, I'm still I'm very much outdoors in general. I do a lot of hunting as well, um, which I'm sure at some point in time we'll probably get into some conversation about that because, I mean, Nick has hunted um, as well. So, you know, that's that's kind of where, where things have been for me. Um, in terms of kayak fishing, however, um, I can say that both of us have had very extreme, uh, I don't want to say like glow ups, but I mean, I guess they are glow ups because I went from a, uh, I know we kind of like shit on. I don't sun. even know what that word means. Yeah, that's he's old, so go figure. I'm fucking, I'll be like, what am I? I'm, shit, I'll be forty four here shortly. Yeah. I'm not that much older. Than yeah, he, he, he's old. He just he uses the TikToks and stuff. I don't uh, I don't know anything about it. So yeah. whatever the kids are saying, Greg's gonna say the cool words. Yeah. So. um I started out kayak fishing in a, again, like I said, I know we kind of shit on Sun Dolphin earlier, um, but I started in a Sun Dolphin King Sport 12, um, which was a, a decent, you know, paddle kayak. Um, the funniest thing about that kayak was the fact that I bought it in Michigan whenever my wife and I were up visiting her grandmother, and I literally drove home from Pontiac, Michigan with like six feet of kayak hanging out the back of my truck as we were coming down, like, uh, wait, what is that? 80 or something down through across Ohio and everything. So God, I don't know. Yeah, probably. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then we, uh, Nick and I did some very interesting modifications to that kayak of mine. Uh, we somehow managed to put a rudder system on it. We might as well just take a damn hacksaw to it. Yeah, it, uh, but it worked. It floated. Everything <laughs> like, was fine. I like big old huge globs of glue and shit. Like. And uh, I ended up... Ended <laughs> yeah, up, this wood glue will work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Elmer's. We got Elmer's in there. We're fine. Um, ended up selling that. Went to a uh, Vibe Shearwater 125, which I really did enjoy that kayak. Um, until 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 uh, this gentleman uh, over here to my right decides that he's going to drive a 12-hour round trip to uh, I guess we'll give him a little shout out here on this, but Delaware Paddle Sports in Rehoboth Beach, Delaware. No, nobody listening. They're not listening. Yeah, no, they're not listening. But hey, what the hell? Maybe if you get like a hundred people listening, like five years down the road, they'll be like, hey, somebody yeah, said someone something said about something you about you guys. Um, and Nick went all in, and he bought himself a very, uh, very fancy kayak. What, what do the What do the kids say? Go big or go home? Yeah, right? yeah. That's... I, yeah, I was looking to upgrade from the old uh, wilderness paddle, and I did look at pedals and all that shit. You know, I even looked at three sixty and all that stuff. But again, you know chubby fat boy like you know that motor spoke to me and i was like yeah well if i'm gonna spend this much i might as well just go do it rather than spending whatever because i probably wouldn't have got like a 360 if i was getting a, a pedal i probably would have not you know thinking that yeah you could put a motor on and make it absolutely 100 percent pimped out and, like, and he hasn't said what he's gotten yet but he fucking ride. Uh... yeah but one of the best damn rides ever but you know i was looking at some other I was looking at what was I some natives and yep. you know some things like that, um, which probably would have worked great for several years. But yeah, I got a uh, Old Town Autopilot 136. You know, just went for it just because I am. You know, just kind of going back to what I do. I do a lot of finesse fishing. You know, it's kind of what you know my 
where I catch my most fish. I think a lot of people do, but you know, I do I do enjoy it from time to time because you know you can cast line out there and make a couple twitches, catch a fish, drink a beer, do the same thing, rinse, repeat. Um, and you know, spot lock was kind of like everything for me because there are, you know, we got a lot of hills and valleys here, and sometimes even though you look on, you know, your weather apps for wind, there are certain lakes we're at where the wind's a solid 10 miles per hour more on the lake than it is, you know, 100 yards over on land. So being able to, like, find those grass lines or find that area that I want to stick at and, and just really work hard at it, you know, whether, you know, I wouldn't even say lay down so much. I guess I'm more of a grass fisherman, but, you know, yeah. that's that's really it. You know, I, I find my high percentage spots, and I want to work them good. So, like, it, I don't know. It spoke to me, and I figured if I'm going to spend, you know, what am I going to do? I'm going to spend 2500 now on a pedal kayak, and then in two years probably want to upgrade to something like that or put a motor on it, and it's, I'm still going to spend the same amount. So I might as well just fucking get it. Just get it, get it over with, spend the money. And there's thing, like, now if it sucks – people are getting ridiculous resale value out of kayaks. Like looking in the used market, if, if, if you hear me and you're like, yeah, I sold my kayak for like 90% of new, fuck you, buddy. Like I would have bought used. I mean, it's great. I have a, you know, I can go back to Old Town and, and get everything replaced. My God, people are getting crazy amounts of money for used kayaks. So went new. They had I they outfitted it for me. You know I put on the nav lights, um, the 360 light. What else did I do? You know the new I got a gar, new Garmin with it. Um, basically, you know the switching system for power, like everything I I would need to get going. I just did it all at once. Didn't just like beat around the bush. Like okay, I went from an $800 kayak to a many, many thousands of dollar kayaks, and Greg was jealous. Yeah, and that and, is the and, end of that. And one of Nick's favorite lines I hear have heard him saying a number of times is, "What is it? Uh, pay once, cry once, buy once, cry buy once, once it's got cry a rhyme. once." Yeah, come on, man. Uh, so I honestly want to say I think it was, it may have been the first time that you and I went out together. After, I did not trademark that line. Yeah. I heard that somewhere else. After you, uh, after you got the AP. It was Moraine State Park, uh, Lake Arthur. Oh yeah, yeah. So we we went to Moraine with, with Chris, <laughs> our other friend Chris, yeah. who's who's still he's the guy who has the other ride. Yeah. So and, it, was, uh, it was like a dichotomy of, of like every like part of like yeah. kayak fishing. Nick's, there was like a guy paddling, a guy pedaling, and a guy motorized. Yeah. What's uh What's kind of funny about that story is the first time that I go with Nick in this you know fancy ass new kayak, this big lithium battery. All this stuff, like top of the line. Look at me. I'm a badass fisherman in my kayak. There we go. Uh, Here it comes. I'm pretty sure that he had to paddle his ass back to the launch because... Like 50 fucking yards. It no was, big deal. It was more than that. But I'm just cruising along, pedaling. You know, I think he's maybe Surprisingly, stopping. Surprisingly, it paddled okay. Yeah, I, that is kind surprising of surprising. Surprisingly. Like, not, not as bad as I thought. Yeah. Or it could have just been the fuel of... Of hatred because yeah. it, it didn't work. So, ended up that it was a it was like a terminal wiring issue. We got taken care of, you know, quick little shore fix job, and we went fishing, which was actually a miserable day fishing that day. Um, God damn right. And then the next time he and I went out, it was just the two of us, and we were out at KPD. And and he was just smacking fish left and right off the the shoreline out there and this lake is it's a great lake because it has so many varieties of things that you can do for fishing it's um, got small mouth too yeah and it has some giant small mouth uh musky tiger musky regular yep. musky walleye caught, caught both my muskies out of there yeah um ball ball bass fishing so i'm watching him just like fish the shoreline stay in a spot throwing underneath trees like the the edges there go from literally inches of water to 15 20 feet within like well i'm, I'm probably it's probably getting like four casts to one of your casts because of 
that lake is windy, and that's yeah. one of those lakes I was mentioning. It it just cuts through a valley, so you're getting blown around. So yeah, I'm I'm here, and I get probably forecast every yeah. morning while he's repositioning. And he's you know spot locked into place, casting, catching fish, and I'm in my vibe, and I get to a spot, I throw one cast if I'm lucky, maybe two, get blown into the shore. And with my Vibe, I actually got a Hobie Mirage Drive, the 180, which has the pool levers for reverse and everything, so I didn't have immediate reverse. Um, and it w- I didn't have an anchor system, which, I mean, whatever, that's probably partially my fault for it. I just yeah, didn't yeah. feel like I didn't need it. Um, and just continuously getting blown into the, the shoreline, and... It was literally like that was fishing. I'm making the days well, up. I, I but. fucking hated the anchor, so if you didn't have one, that's that's one of the main reasons why I bought that because I would anchor down so I could work an area. But if that area wasn't working, it's a whole pain in the ass of fucking getting the anchor back yeah. up and then repositioning, you know, ten feet and trying it again and then having to keep pulling the anchor. I was like, I'd rather just press a button and be a lazy and, son of a bitch. Yeah, and just move. So. Um, again, I don't remember exact days, but it was literally, let's just say we fished on a Wednesday. I listed my vibe for sale on Friday, sold it by Monday or Tuesday. And, and I told him he was a goddamn idiot for what he's listing it for. I was like, nobody's going to pay that stupid price for that thing. And someone did pay that price for it. And, uh, if you're one of those people, watch out. Yeah. And, uh, the funniest thing about that whole thing was I negotiated with a, a guy who was buying it for an Amish guy, um, which still kind of makes me laugh and everything. It was one of his workers, but um, I made. A, there, he saw a guy in a buggy like launching it. Yeah, yeah, that that would be great. It actually, they live up near uh, Wilhelm, so there's always a chance we might see an Amish guy in my uh, vibe out on the lake. Um, made the round trip down to Delaware Paddle Sports, and I bought the AP120. Um, and literally have not looked back whatsoever. And I, I can talk and speak for Nick in those regards. Cause I think both of us feel that there, there's not an upgrade from what we have. Like for us to upgrade, it is going to a boat, which neither one of us really want to have. Yeah. I mean, you could make an argument for the 360, but like, if, especially if you're doing, tournaments um you know where you can't use a motor then it would make a lot of sense but then you're outfitting and, and it's more you know it's like basically the same price yeah uh, or close to it for a 360 than an autopilot so you know you, you can make that argument depending on what you want and you know it's they're they're decked out they're pretty awesome too i'm not i'm not gonna be you know one versus the other there's a lot of badass kayaks out there these days but i am thrilled with what i have and i have no or very little buyer's remorse other than the price tag but like hey you know if you're going to get into a cadillac you're going to pay a cadillac price and that's just kind of how it is so you know looking back at it like i'm not jonesing for the next thing because there is no next thing like this is it man the next thing is, is a boat but yeah that's that comes with a whole lot of other set of uh, issues, you know, having a boat, you know, and a lot of the. I mean, know, for just, me to be honest, it's the fact that I can't use a trailer. I I'm not good yeah. at driving a trailer. I actually build a uh, a cart for my kayak that whenever I get home from fishing, I just slide it right off onto uh, a I cart tra- that I trailer launch. Yeah, right that stays in my my garage. I just back down to the ramp. I load everything up on the kayak. We both pretty much do that for prior to launch. We load all of our rods, right. everything, put the uh, put the drives in, and then you know obviously. So he, it actually doesn't piss off the boat people because yeah. like, we're we're honestly doing it just like a boat person would. Yeah, we're going in the lanes, we're loading it up, you know, you know, and then just pulling it right out of the water in you know five six minutes, and then back to the lanes to unload. Yeah, so it's not you know too terrible. Mm-mm. No, I mean, and the thing is, I guess what I don't think anybody at this point would be listening from outside our area. But just in case they do, there's a lot of smaller lakes here. So there's very little need to have a, like, 80-horsepower motor. And our most of the motors them. are motor-restricted to yeah. 20 horsepower or less anyway. So yeah. the thing is, like, they might get to a spot in our lakes 10 minutes before we do it's not like you know you're spending 
hours and hours trying to get to the same spot as a boat because it's just they're just not that big I, so a motorized kayak is plenty you know what and while you're cruising and they be you're rigging up you know and then on the way back you're cracking beers and fucking bullshitting all yeah. the way you know i think the longest we probably ever have gone especially at keystone power dam is maybe like 45 minutes or so yeah, but Maybe that's an hour. But that's that, like we that's top a, to tail. That's yeah, da- that's made, damn to creek. That's all the way from one side. Yeah, to the we other. made we've made a couple runs sometimes uh, in that lake and everything. And you you can go, but it you know typically we're fishing places in the morning that we feel like are going to be high percentage areas. And then as the day goes on, if we want to you know make a and move, then you move and you have a sandwich. Yeah, like exactly. You move, you eat your PB and J or whatever you know sheets run sandwich you get. They and stop. I can't. Last time I couldn't find the little PB and J and the little packages. Yeah, the, um, sheets. Just, I know you're not listening, but if you are, bring it back. Yeah, I uh, not, actually I'm, I don't care if they come back or not because those things gave me heartburn for whatever reason. My PB and Js never bothered me, but those <laughs> ones give me heartburn for some reason. <laughs> Um, you know, which that should be an old man thing. But I need like one of those little buttons where you can like make sound effects and have like a crying baby. Right oh, there. Okay. PB, listen, to, PB listen, and Jake me listen to this guy. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it was definitely you know a very very significant upgrade for both of us. Additionally, one of the other things that we did with the kayaks, um, you know, we bought very nice kayaks, but we also outfitted them very very nicely. Um, I run a, uh, 93 SV Garmin. Nick, I think has the 73 SV. You had to one up me. Yeah. Yep. I had to one up him. He has the bigger kayak. I have the bigger monitor. Um, you know, we both are running the, the Yak Power lighting. Um, and, uh, we have the Yak Attack, uh, Pro Box, which actually is very, very nice. I, I really do like that, that system. I, for, I was so against that. Just, you know. I guess a hundred bucks is a hundred bucks, whatever. But it's just, I don't know. I was like, ah, milk crate will be fine. But I do like it. I do. And um, I per- I personally very much like it because I upgraded all of my tackle boxes to Plano Edge 3700. So um, it's very convenient to be able to have all those in there. They fit nice and snug. Um, I actually leave mine in the kayak even whenever I'm traveling to and from the lake and everything and I've never had any issues with the latches unless I'm an idiot and I leave the latches undone and then I bend the lid over backwards which I think we both have done that if I'm not mistaken. I've done it once yeah. Yeah, I think I've done it twice. I I saw it flying out. Yeah I didn't lose anything. Yeah I didn't lose anything either so that's a good thing. Um, But we have very very identical rigs um, other than just he has the 136 and I have the 120. He trailers his, so it's easier for him. Um, he's a bigger guy than I am. Uh, not by much at this point because I'm really cruising down the uh, fat dad line at this Fucking point. fat ass. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, I've, I've lost like 10. Thanks for, for missing my svelte yeah, body. Yeah, have another couple beers, buddy. Oh, I'm going to um, have a lot more. But, uh, That's goddamn guaranteed. But the one thing um, I think we both can agree on with that kayak is stability. I I literally am standing up in my kayak 90% of the time. Even traveling from spot to spot, it is very rare that I am sitting down in my seat. So I we could make an entire podcast just off of what we love about that kayak, to be completely honest. And, uh, you know, I don't want to do that. But, um, you know, I think it's... Uh, if you're in the market and you are wanting to spend some money and get something that is very, very good, um, it is definitely something to look at. You do have other expenses with it. It's not just the four grand on the kayak. It's you know eight hundred dollars for a good lithium battery and the lighting systems and all that stuff and the damn registering like registration with the state and going through all the hassle with that and stuff. It's it still is very much worth it in the end, in my opinion. I agree. I agree. So, did you want to talk? You know, you were gonna go with some gear. Do you want to talk about gear? Yeah. Um, as Nick stated, he's very much a finesse fisherman. Um, I have it, all the bullshit, but I always fall back to yeah. finesse techniques. And um, he has—he actually runs a BFS system um, that he purchased this year, which I've casted a few times. It's crazy light. Um, I run spin setups for my finesse for drop shot and Ned rigs and stuff. Um, Nick, 
Has not? I don't. You don't have a single spinning rod, do you, for bass? Well, me and a uh, colleague that I work with, we were out of town one day and decided to hit a creek. So I do have like a shitty Walmart one, and I actually gave it to my ex recently. I said, "Here, this is this is yours." It was like a fishing rod marketed for women, so it was like purple and some other things, and it says for women. I was like, "What does that make any difference?" But it was like really light. You know, I, I liked it just because it was one piece, seven foot. Uh, medium light and that's all I could find in like Walmart in the center of the state to go hit a creek for a couple hours before we started drinking kind of thing um but yeah you know it is I started going like gravitating toward BFS with some rods that are made by a company called Waterloo and they're really saltwater rods because those guys actually you know down in the bay systems of Texas and other areas, they tend to go with lighter rods because you're not fighting cover as much. Um, so I had a, I started with like a medium. It was like a Waterloo. I can't remember. I think it was called a Phantom. And then I had another one called a Salinity, you know, which is obviously saltwater based, which was a medium light. That one I could throw like the heavier side of drop shot, you know, maybe eighth ounce or something like that. I could throw no problem. Which is so crazy here. Eighth ounce is a heavy setup for you. Cause like that, like for, that, for a your, drop, you yeah. know, like, yeah, I, I could throw an eight. I guess you're right. Yeah. It's yeah. not, it's very light. Um, but then I kind of went all in when I got an old 18 rod who were, um, it's a rod maker. I think they're out of Conroe or Houston area, you know, where I'm from. So I've, I still watch a lot of YouTube stuff from creators around that Galveston Bay system. So I heard a lot about those rods. Um, I know one of the bait makers regionally who makes a lot of shit that people love, um, which I get for stuff up here too. Fantastic stuff called Bugs Lures. But you um, got a nice, really nice smallie out at uh, right, KPD. Right, yeah. I mean, they, they catch fish, but you know, not to divert. We could talk, you know, who knows? Maybe I'll ask uh, Heath to, to be on an episode later on, the, the owner of that. Uh, but I got an old 18 rod, uh, you know, one of their higher rend models. Um, and then I went on one of the Japanese sites to get a reel, and it's a Daiwa called like a gecko bitchin you know it's kind of hard to pronounce because it's you know japanese gecko bitchin something like that <laughs> but it you know super shallow spool right you know and i got the uh the braid from them too and they don't measure their braid and pound test as much they'll, they'll give you a chart that shows what the pound test is but the braid is measured in diameter so i think it was like point 006 or 0.06 or something like that you know made specifically for reels of that type um so you're always doing which is i normally do anyway like braid to leader setups and i do that for almost anything anyway but it's super light i mean it's like smaller than like limp dental floss but it you know the thing will cast a 16th ounce or less you know it's i think I mean, it's it rated it all the yeah. way downward to like 132nd yeah i mean it launches that stuff too i threw it i think up at uh wilhelm that day that i used it i think i threw a drop shot weightless on it and it casted it like oh, it was I, nothing i broke off one time i broke off the drop shot weight just a cylinder weight that was like a 16th ounce and all i had was um a robo worm, the four and a half inch thin robo worm. Where it's like, there's no weight to those things. If you fish those, you know, there's no weight to them. And I could cast that thing. And not only can I cast that thing, I could skip that damn thing under trees with this setup. So, I mean, it's, it's a pretty damn incredible setup. Um, but like, you got to kind of be into that because it was not cheap. You know, I, I was probably out five to 600 for that rig. yeah yeah it's, it's my most expensive rig that i have um but my god is it fun catching a fish on that thing yeah and it's for for me for ultralight um i don't know for whatever reason i feel i have very much fallen in love with 13 fishing rods um i have a number of them i think my ultralight is a, a 13 fishing um, I have another spinning reel, the Omen Black. Um, we actually have the same cranking stick from them. Um, and then I have their Gen 2 reel uh, for that uh, that cranking. It's like a 5, I think a 5.4 or 5.6 to 1 gear ratio. Um, which going into gear and techniques and everything, 
Um, this year has been very much my huge step forward in learning different aspects when it comes to bass fishing. Um, I have always, like we've joked around between Nick and I that I'm the power fisherman. I just launched lures as far as I could, reeled them in and, you know, hopefully got bit. Um, he always finesse fished and, you know, would crush in round grass and everything like that on drop shots and stuff. And then this year for both of us, drop shot, I honestly want to say I bet 70% of my fish this year were caught on drop shot. I mean, I know that sounds like an exorbitant amount in terms of how many fish I've caught, but my the one tournament I fished, that's all I caught fish on. I've had those days, but I also get into, you know, my, my secret weapon of choice is actually, and you can't find it in every store, but, you know, the swim Senko. And you know that because you can do so, you can fish it up and down like a Senko around laydowns. And it's so thin and has pretty good, like, wobbling, like, side-to-side action. So I'll use my light setup, which, you know, people are like, oh, don't go through grass with a light setup. I'm not yeah. saying everybody does it, but I'll use an 8-pound leader. Yeah. And, and I'll run it through grass, slow cranking that thing, just slow rolling it right either over the tops of the thick stuff or I'll kind of get it in there, you know, with maybe just a little bit more weight. I'm talking, I either go weightless, or I'll go. I think the most I've ever been is a is a is a quarter ounce. That's yeah. that's the most, um, you know, because if I'm gonna truly power fish, I'll, I'll grab another rod and I'll do, you know, big stuff, you know, and big worms or whatever, you know, um, creature bait stuff like that. But with that swim sink, I I don't know. I've had a lot of luck just keeping it as light as I can possibly get it because it also doesn't hang up as much. So I can kind of snake it through the grass, and as soon as I get hung up. I just crank down a little bit and pop it out, and sometimes that's where you just yeah. get the. And you've you caught. They just freaking slam it and when it's you do so, stuff like that. And it's know? so ridiculous because, like, I've seen him catch fish at nighttime, like good bass at nighttime with that. Finesse. You know, doing no finesse noise. Stuff. Yeah. Like the. the I think it's what it is. It's just that reaction of popping it through the grass because it's lateral line feel. It's yeah. got to be. You know, yeah. I mean, I'm, we're not experts. Um, you know, we're not fishing guides. We're just dudes who like to fish. But, I mean, what else could it you're, yeah. not, you're not really seeing that thing. No. So they're, they're feeling it. Yeah. So it's got it's got some wobble, and it's got that – it's got a little paddle tail on the end of a Senko is really what it is. So it's like the simplest damn bait there is merged with another simplest damn bait there is, a paddle tail swim bait merged with a Senko. Uh, you know, and I basically – I think Zoom makes one, but I just use the Yamamoto's. I know they – they tear up easier, but like I don't know, man. I catch fish, don't give a damn. Five dollars a pack, like you know, we we've got hard baits that cost fifteen, twenty bucks, and don't yeah. you know, don't get me started. We're not the guys with hundred dollar swim baits plus either. We're no. not that type of uh, fisherman. So a five dollar pack of Senkos, okay, it's gonna even if I'm getting them tore up. What I use a pack a night. Yeah, or you know. If you have a really good day, you might use a pack and a half for the day or something yeah, like that. Yeah, okay, seven and a half bucks to catch a ton yeah. of fish. Yeah, sign me up. Yeah, it's not every a, day of the damn week. It's not an issue at all. Um, yeah, it's the the other style, and you talked about you're a grass guy. Um, well, I've become <clears> a grass guy because I'm successful style. at it. Yeah, you know, but it's not that I don't like doing other things. It's just kind of my fallback. Like, okay, if I can't go here and find them. Well, shit, it's a slow day. I know I can find some fish in that grass over there. Yeah. And one of the the technique that I probably feel like I've really, you know, obviously catching fish on the drop shot, that's what I've caught the majority on. But the one that I uh, definitely have, you know, I feel like it's probably a tie, if I'm going to be completely honest, is deep water cranking throwing, you know, 6 or 10XD Strike King uh, crankbaits on that 7-Eleven 13 fishing just bombing casts as far as I can and rolling that in and just feeling it hitting everything on the bottom and all of a sudden you just feel that thump. Yeah. Keep talking Dean Cranken. I got a lure to show you. There's some cool shit I found. Um, it's not it's not the 10XD or the 12XD. It's another I can't remember. I found it online but it's oh. in the garage. I'm going to go grab um, it. And then one of the other uh, techniques for me this year has been flipping. Um, granted, like I said, only being 
you know, fishing for bass for the past few years, I'm trying to slowly build my arsenal for the way that I fish. And I bought a Dobbins Fury uh, flipping stick, put a Abu Garcia Revo uh, reel on there, and that is some fun fishing. Like tossing it in and feeling that thing just go down, and they smack it. Holy shit! I told you. So this is what's wow. called like I don't. Remember, I bought it online. I can't remember which website, but it's called a. Uh, it's it's all on the bay. It's it's labeled as a hardcore bullet crank, seven plus a hundred F, um, and it's got a, a bunch of Japanese writing all over it. I can't remember which website I got it from, but like I I have Let me see when I was thing. catching fish, deep cranking this summer. Those were I was having a lot of luck with them. I mean they're they're pretty badass. They're not that far off from like some of the six cents deep cranks and stuff like that. You know, but it's like an ultra deep, dude. That you know, like twenty five foot plus. Yeah. You know, like you're getting you're getting deeper than most. Of I the mean, other ones it's are a getting. it's a four inch lure that's two ounces, and the bill is probably it's a quarter. It's half of that lure. I mean, maybe a little bit less than that, but this thing is massive. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like, you find it online. I can't remember if I was just reading articles. I mean, about, it came from some JDM place, of course, but but I don't think I did buy it from it. I think I bought it. You know, stateside, um, shit. It could have been Tackle Warehouse. Yeah. Um, wow. Because they have some some unique stuff. Um, so, what's the? Oh man, I can't remember the the brand that it's under. It's like a D or something. Somebody probably knows it. Um, you know, if we if people were actually listening to this, I'd be like, tell us in the comments what you think it is, yeah. uh, what brand you think it is, and I'd probably say exactly. Or, you know, if I wasn't recording on this computer, I could go through my, you know, purchases and shit like that. But the thing is, it wasn't any more than, like, any other lure. It's not like I spent, like, 30 bucks on the damn thing either. Yeah. You know, it was That's it's just awesome. something different. So, you know, I always, I like doing things that may be just slightly different than what others are doing. I think it holds success. You know, there's been a ton of other people way better than what we are at fishing talk about that you know everybody throws the same shit so you know try to find something a little different something the fish maybe haven't seen so yeah, that will it, work it's a very wide bill too you yeah know? yeah it, that thing will is gonna so dig. it's gonna wobble the hell out of yeah, it too it, and it's gonna dig yeah yeah that'll be definitely good for so keystone has some very very deep water in it um the fish i was catching on like deep cranking was in 20 like 18 to 22 24 feet of water and that lake actually is probably i mean it, whenever i was it's catching got ledges fish, and yeah. stuff you know it's a it's a dammed a deep dam i guess it's a highland reservoir i guess you would consider it um but it's you know at dam side it can get they draw they draw it down a lot but i guess if it's full pool you can probably get 80 foot you know at at max depth probably maybe yeah there's there's definitely some uh some very very deep spots in it um but yeah that's uh man that thing i I know I keep saying about it, but that thing looks awesome. That would be aw- really cool to throw. Um, Too bad you can't see it. We're yeah, on the I know. It's, yeah, <laughs> you know, got to be here to see it. But um, yeah, it's, I think it's, it might be a jackal. Oh, uh, okay. you know, what I'm talking. They're the ones who yep. make that other, like some of them floating top waters. And other everybody, like there's a few people. Uh, how do YouTube videos were all about certain jackal lures? Yeah, I've um, seen those before. I think it doesn't actually say; it just says hardcore on it. Like hell yeah, it's hardcore, buddy. <laughs> but like, who the hell makes it? I guess you have to. No, Yozuri. There it is, right there. Yozuri. Uh huh. Wow. Okay, but it's not like I guess you know certain brands have things they keep more of states and yeah like, one one like market you're versus not, the i don't other. think you're finding this at like your local bass pro no not yeah. i've never seen anything like that at bass pro right um but yeah man i am kind of at a point that i'm actually feel like you know had a decent conversation about stuff here um you know, we didn't really dive into fly fishing because uh, the hope is... We'll get there. Yeah, we definitely are going to get there. Uh, one of the guests I have lined up is a gentleman that Nick and I have both bought a lot of flies off of. Um, Nick 
has gotten more into the tying uh, side of that. So total uh, fucking nerd. Yeah, I'm hoping to have Ralph on at some point, and then, um, you know, kind of. Uh, kind of talk about one of the things of the motorized kayak versus non-motorized for tournaments and everything um another person is hopefully going to be uh ben a gentleman i know from uh the one fishing trail that i did this year and gonna try to get him on here but real quick i think before we end because it sounds like you're wrapping up i liked my potential question to ask everybody so i'm gonna ask oh, you yeah. you're gonna ask me yep and maybe this will be a thing if people like it uh, because, you know, you listen to a lot of other successful podcasts out there, not name dropping. Everybody has kind of a thing they do toward the end of the episode. And I thought of one. I don't know. Maybe it sucks. You know, if somebody were to listen to this and, uh, you know, tell me at some other point, you know, if it does suck, fuck, I'll get rid of it. But uh, what I want to know is why do you suck at fishing? Why do you suck, uh, Greg? So I would say that... I suck at fishing just to lack of experience. If I'm going to have to be completely honest about it, uh, my fishing, bass fishing, quote unquote, career, um, you know, it's not a career, obviously, uh, but that hobby that I have very much dived into, um, I do it a lot, but I'm always learning. And that's like I said before, you know, it's picking up techniques that a lot of people do on the regular that I'm still trying to watch YouTube videos and stuff to figure out actually, you know, how to do it. Um, rewind it back a couple years. Like I said, I was definitely power fisherman and would just get pissed at watching Nick catch fish after fish using all of his finesse stuff because I wasn't good at doing it. And then just kind of said, you know, screw this man. Like I want to catch fish. So, uh, YouTube is a very wonderful tool. And, uh, I'll continue using it to, you know, build up my repertoire for uh, for bass fishing. Yeah, I guess I'll tell you because this will be something we'd ask a guest. You know, I'm hoping maybe it sucks. You know, first couple guests come on, and they're just like, "I'm I'm awesome. I don't suck at fishing. Why would you infer that?" And then we'll kind of figure out that not everybody has a sense of humor, and we'll stop doing it, and we'll stop asking guests to come on who suck and have no sense of humor. But anyhow, <laughs> why I suck at fishing, I think right now there's a lot of reasons, and I probably have a lot of other friends other than Greg who would tell me a lot of other reasons why I suck at fishing. But I think I just I stick to what I know, and when I want to learn a new technique, I give up on it too quick. Um, for instance, um, I was never much of dragging a big-ass worm. Maybe our bass aren't set up for that here, but like I wanted to do that this summer. I think I did it twice, yeah. you know, for a couple hours each. And I said, I'm going to go drag big worms because that's what you do in summer. And I did it. And I think I got one bite. And I probably set the hook too quick because, you know, I watched the videos, listened to the other people, you know, talk to others. This is what you're supposed to do. You got to let them, let them chew on it a minute. Yeah, I get it. You know, I do finesse shit and drop shots sometimes you gotta let them get it like i understand that principle but i probably still set the hook too quick because it was slow and i felt something and i wanted a jacket um so gave up on it and what did i do i went right back to that edge of that grass and threw a drop shot on or threw a swim sinko on or threw a ned rig on or did whatever you know but you know it's kind of like if it's not working I, I i might give up on it too quick of thinking it's maybe the spot you know or maybe you know the fish aren't having it and not me but it, it most likely is me yeah it's definitely difficult to you know want to try new things and then you get out on the water and you don't catch fish within the first couple hours and we're you know i would say we're both limited on the amount of time that we can actually get out on the water jobs um you know we both have jobs we have families um so you know, whenever you're out there, you don't want to spend, you know, six of your eight hours that you have to fish trying something new. Learning. Like, yeah. yeah, like you want to put fish in the boat. Um, and I, I can probably say that that's something for me as well. I it's mean, kind of like you, you spent years learning how to actually catch fish and you got some techniques dialed in pretty good. So when you're out there, 
you want to make sure you catch some damn fish. I yeah. mean, but there, there are days. Like, I think the yep. last time we were both out together, um, I didn't touch the damn, my finesse shit all damn day because I was running lipless cranks over the tops of grass, taking the top of the grass or spinners. And you I know, was, once you started cranking yeah. on spinners, I, I switched over to that. And I was cranking on them too. And then every now and then a lipless crank. And I would, I think I did catch, like, cause I saw a couple little areas where I was like, this would be good just yep. to drop a drop shot in. And I did catch like three or four that way. Yeah. But like the majority of them were caught on technique, you know, power fishing stuff, which isn't my go-to, but I enjoy it. It's still, it's fun when they're hitting on them. Yeah, it's also fun whenever you go to launch one of your brand new spinners and it backlashes and you watch like $8 go flying through the air and then you well, can't find you know, it. That's, that's that's a Yeah, that's always a good time. You know, that's just just becoming a better fisherman. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um so I think with that that's pretty much going to wrap us up here for the first episode. Um as uh, as I said, we're going to definitely try to get some guests on here. Um and you know, we're we're hoping this kind of obviously it's not going to massively take off. That's not our expectation. We just, you know, Nick and I are buddies. We like hanging out. We like talking about fishing. We like fishing and we figure this will be a, a good platform to do it. Um, I can be found on Instagram at uh, Greg Lord outdoors and Nick is Jesus. I don't, I got to look it up. I don't remember. Yeah. Hold I, on. I, what am I called? I think it's meet my fish, but I don't know yeah, if uh, it's meat underscore my underscore fish meet my fish and uh i am going to get a a page going for the actual podcast um it's going to be under just all lowercase rod benden no g in there bastards and uh yeah like i said first episode down we're gonna finish some beers and uh probably call it a night hi mom hi dad yep hi mom dad wife if she's not too mad at me already so good times all right so we're out thank you so much take a listen subscribe all that good stuff and uh yeah we'll see you on the next one